Welcome, heathens and witches, to the Horn and Cauldron Podcast. So uh, we're back at it again. I'm John Norgrove. This is Julie Norgrove. We have our hosts of this uh, witchy magical podcast. And today we are talking about protection magic. That's right. So come along with us on this adventure. And uh, what are we talking about? What kind of protection magic? So um, episode 12, we did an intro to protection magic where we sort of glanced upon a bunch of different pieces of protection magic and how you can kind of like do those from a beginner's level, an entry level, if you will. So um, go check that one out if you like that, um, if you're interested in learning more. But this one is basically building upon that knowledge that we have given in that episode. It is definitely not required to listen to this episode, um, but the, listen to episode 12 before you get to this. Episode, yes, you mean. absolutely. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, because they're not directly connected. So this is protection magic, warding, and the evil eye. Yes. So this is pretty. This is pretty interesting. Yeah. I yeah. only vaguely understand what the evil eye is, and it's primarily just because I can recognize it because I've worked with it so many times in the Book of Shadows pages that oh. I'm like <laughs> that, that I know when to spot an evil eye and like a thing that looks similar but like won't work for a graphic because totally. it's like not right. Yeah. Or like totally. you use the wrong blue or something, so it yeah. just looks like too off. Or yeah, whatever, you're like, nope, a that's graphic. not the evil eye. So, yeah, I can recognize it, but like, yeah. Yeah, you're like, that's not the evil eye. That's its brother, the Stevil eye. The Stevil eye, sinister eye. <laughs> it's just not as bad. So don't worry about it. Yeah, He's cool. Uh, so to talk about these, we have to talk about what apotropaic magic is. Um, and that's essentially what it is that we're talking about today is apotropaic magic. It is a type of magic that is meant to deflect bad luck uh, and ward off the evil eye. There are uh, many cultures throughout the world who use this type of magic and we see it manifest in many different ways. In fact, it's estimated that about 40% of the world's cultures believe in the evil eye. They may not actually call it the evil eye, they may call it something else, but they believe even the concept that I am shorthanding into the evil eye. Yeah. Uh, but the evil eye itself is so popular that we have found amulets dating back 5,000 years. Just evil eye amulets. Uh, but we suspect that apotropaic magic is much, much older and may in fact actually go back as far as well we've exists. been humans yeah um yeah. well you gotta think right whether or not you have like a system or structure of a thing like if you're trying to do some like non um like like not get messed with witchy stuff you know yeah. like you're gonna have protection so like of yeah. course that works well and protecting yourself is kind of like the most important and and kind of like most basic way to do magic is to protect yourself mm -hmm. or to protect those you love um or to invite in good things like these are all like really sort of like foundational building blocks for what we sort of know as um as magic in general yeah totally so the evil eye is probably the most recognized apotropaic type of magic today. Um, it is essentially a curse that is placed on a subject through envy. This can happen intentionally or on accident. Uh, again, we're going with standard evil eye definitions. So if your definition is a little bit different, that's totally fine. Um, again, this is such a wide so spanning the, thing the that there are a lot. evil eye means both the curse Yes. And the amulet that protects from the curse. Yes, but also no. 
So we'll it's talk about the uh, the curse part itself. So um, an evil eye curse is when someone gives you the evil eye. Um, so it is both the act of cursing and the curse itself. So um, in a very broad and sort of traditional sense, the evil eye is when someone is envious of you and looks at you just like a little too hard. Um, envies what it is that you are, who you are, what you're doing, what you're wearing, just like a little bit too much. So that's the evil eye in its basis sense. So like if I were to like see somebody yeah, walking down the street and be like, oh my God, like I love their outfit and like look at their, their like gigantic bulging wallet full of cash. I'm so envious of that. I could, I would be more concerned if about I, this person's judgment called me walking out the street with a wallet full of cash, <laughs> not envious of whatever's wrong with his mind. Uh, in my mind, a bunch of different things popped up when I said that I was like the, and their shoes and their really nice bag. See, and they're you started also carrying a dog just out. And then it was, and then I was like, am I talking about Paris Hilton? What's going on? Um, Cause she like cloned her dogs. Oh yeah. She did yeah. have like a, dog thing yeah so um anyway um if you sort of like think and ruminate on that a little bit too much you yes you dear listener may be giving some random person the evil eye purely by accident you may also be giving it to people on purpose of course the evil eye is also something where somebody is looking well, at you but what's throwing the, so shade. so so the evil eye is like this guy's outfit's cooler than mine it'd be great if he fell and hurt himself well yes okay. sort of yeah. um but i imagine that it's probably more like oh i wish i could be this person and it sort of maybe morphs into this like oh well, you want harm done harm to them. sure um because you're so envious of them you want something bad to happen to them whether mm. it's to make yourself feel better or to supplant yourself in their place mm. um it's dumb you shouldn't be envious of other people man well, that's the whole idea behind the evil eye. And the evil eye as a curse weird human shit. I don't know about can that. cause bad luck, injuries, invite demons into your body, and even cause death, depending on who you're listening to and what story you're hearing. Mm. To the person who is cursed or to the curser. Both, potentially. Nice. Primarily to the person who has been cursed, um, especially in cases where a curse happens unintentionally. It seems like nothing particularly bad befalls that person. But if you but also the argument for me here is if you did something unintentionally, how are you supposed to know that you're getting bad juju over a thing that you didn't know or, that you were or, doing? Or give or give bad juju. Yeah, exactly. Right? right. Like you may not know. Sure. Um, so that is what the evil eye is. Now, the charm itself is sometimes called a Nazar, N-A-Z-A-R. That is an amulet that is shaped like an eye. It is usually colored dark blue. And then um, it uh, it's usually shaped like a circle. So yeah. It's a dark blue circle with a light blue circle inside of it and a white circle inside of that and typically a black circle inside of that sort of resembling Duh. a blue eye. Yes, a dot at the very center. Yeah. Sometimes the edges are painted in yellow or are gilded in metal. These amulets originated in Turkey and blue is thought to add as a shield against evil and absorbs negativity. Uh, and the concentric pattern sort of 
causes people causes bad energy or bad entities to get confused and lost inside of it. Yeah, funnel them down into the pit. Yeah. It's like pit of no return. <laughs> yeah. Um the <laughs> The eye beads are typically made of dark blue or black glass. Um, so this is the amulet and beads resembling the amulet are also pretty popular. Mm -hmm. So the eye beads are um, like dark blue or black glass and they have little uh, white dots and then blue dots inside of them or blue and then white, depending on the coloration. Sometimes this kind of flips. But uh, when you see them, you kind of look like, oh, those kind of look like evil eyes, but it's beads. Um, that's exactly what those are. Uh, <laughs> uh, and th around 1500 BCE. So like, you know, um, like 3000 years ago. Yeah. 3,500 years 3, ago? 3,500 years ago. There you go. I was like, are you, are you trying to do plus 2,000 math? I chose to try and do math and it did not end well, my guys. Yeah. Yeah, it did not. That's okay. So around 1500 BCE, glass beads were very popular in the Mediterranean region. And the popularity of evil eye beads exploded. Dude, we have found them everywhere. So they then. were so hot. So hot back then. And and you know, for those of you that have been listening for a while, I would we, argue that they're still pretty hot, my dude. Well, they go through phases, um and right now we're definitely in an up phase. Sure. Um but what like eyes need to be But like for context and for those of you that listen to the podcast regularly, we often talk about like when things happened in the past as opposed to just saying like in the vague past. Um you know, so like 1500 BCE, we had like secret religious cults happening, worshiping Persephone and Dionysus and Demeter and Isis all up in Rome. Yeah. We had a variety I mean, was, of Egyptian that, that was, deities. That was definitely the time when you needed to be like somebody this motherfucker staring at me. Yeah, you man. Know? Like, because like you didn't know what was going on, right? You see some dude do some hand signs at you and you know some different hand signs or whatever. Yeah. In my mind, like the time of like, like the like the high point of the like everybody was part of several secret religious yeah. cults in my mind is just like like that like kind of like gang turf energy you get in one of the like GTA games where there's like a bunch of dudes walking around and one dude like flashes a little bit of purple underneath his toga or whatever yeah. and somebody's just like these fucking ISIS people over here let's get them guys and like a bunch of Dionysian motherfuckers come out of the woodworks and so like <laughs> it's just like turf warfare in like downtown Rome because of like all these silly like all, like all these like like silly infighting religious cult energy you know like I'm literally thinking of like whatever GTA West 5 Side or Story. whatever West Side Story kind of energy yeah I mean yes. that's clearly not what yes. it was but like that makes it funner it, it absolutely does. That's way more. That's way super fun. Um, I, I love that. We think that maybe these evil eye beads became so popular. Um, one, because of the amount of uh, sort of like secret, not so secret um, occult religion in the area being like very, very hot. But also like this is around the time that glass beads were starting to be able to be like produced at a larger scale. Sure. Um, so, you know, it's uh, we definitely see them pretty so much eye beads just the right timing on those coming out stuck around basically yeah because before this they were typically made of clay or you could um make them out of metal and then paint them either whether they're yeah. metal or clay but blue's an expensive color yeah blue is not an easy color to do but um blue beads turned out to be a very easy thing to make sure totally. uh, and if you've ever seen an evil eye charm you very well may have seen one that looks like a hand with like weird curvy fingers on either side 
Oh, you're talking about the hand with an eye in the middle? Mm-hmm. Mm, I did not know that that associated with the evil eye. It's uh, just like a hand with an eye in it. Yeah. So that is called the Hamsa, um, and it's also sometimes called the Hand of Fatima. There are um, other names for it. I'm not going to list like 50 names here. Uh, so this is an amulet that is in the shape of an open hand with fingers out straight mm-hmm. and together. Um, and typically the outer... Yeah, yeah, kind of like two thumbs. Yeah, thumb on either side. On either side. Yeah, yeah. both thumbs. Ambidextrous, ambithumstrous. No. That was amazing. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's not allowed. That was fantastic. Shut it down. You know what? We're all fired. Never mind. What? End of podcast. That might be my best joke ever. It, let's hope not. And it certainly isn't. <laughs> That's right. I'm hilarious. Uh, I am. I'm not going to go, not gonna go that far. So sometimes this hand has an eye shape in the center of the palm. Sometimes it does not. This actually doesn't change what the purpose of it is it's just the um artistic representation of the hand i was um, gonna say sometimes i feel like there's not an eye in it yeah that's right sometimes but, like, there's but not then i was eye. like wait a minute is that just a regular hand or is it the two thumb hand without the eye <laughs> right because like let, let's be real you've seen a lot of like carved up hands you yep. know what i'm saying so yeah and uh, there's a lot of possible sources for the Hamsa. It has been linked to several deities throughout time, including Inanna, Ishtar, Aphrodite, um, Mary, Jesus's mom, uh, Isis, and Tanit. Uh, it can also be found in a variety of different cultures in the Middle Eastern and um, Mediterranean region. is is v- fairly popular in Islamic, Berber, Christian, Jewish, and even um, Kabbalah. So it is definitely a wide ranging thing, not quite as wide ranging as the evil eye, but um, perhaps not like not quite as old, but um, yeah, but yeah, they didn't, they didn't explode in popularity, but honestly that (laughs) they're so popular right now. The, the, the evil eye amulets, there was a story in our local newspaper recently about this lady who like, attacked and killed her mother a terrible thing right but the picture that they showed of this lady is she like apparently did a tiktok right before she committed this atrocious crime and um it's her in the tiktok holding her phone and she's got like a huge evil eye charm and i'm just like this girl she got it wrong yeah she's doing that's not how that works she's wearing that thing backwards yeah you're wearing that thing backwards or upside down yeah, something yeah, shut right? it down <laughs> shut it down you lady. failed oh man <laughs> i've seen this hamsa on like it's very like i feel like it's real yoga adjacent it right, is dude? very yoga adjacent right like i feel like i've seen it on like a bunch of like yoga marketing shit like yoga mats like in plastic like definitely not as good as just like a carpet yoga mats yeah or like you know whatever any of that like like I feel like I've definitely seen it on whatever the yoga pants is called. Yeah, I've definitely, you know? I've definitely seen it in a variety of things. Yeah, um, there's a lot, there's a lot of places that you can find it, and you know there are some ties to it in, um, in Indian culture. As I think it's well. just like a, probably a regular but, hand, but the Hamsa's got the two thumbs, so everybody's just. Like, uh, I think that that's magical. mostly the. Um, I think that's mostly the like idea of like new age beliefs sort of like homogenizing uh, so new, dude, things. It's so new agey. Yeah, yeah. We talked about this in our episode on color magic, um, which um, talks a lot about how new age sort of took a lot of different things and melded them all together. Mushed. And this, and, and the, I and mean, the modern I mean, use of the Hamsa, I feel like hits that pretty well. Let's be perfectly clear. 
old age shit did that also. We're looking That's true. directly in the eyeballs at you, Christianity. Full fucking stop. <laughs> right? We're going to say that they made all that shit up on their own? Fake news, dog. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, let, let's 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 be perfectly real. All religion is quite um uh mashed together, right? Yeah. It's 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 quite that one tub of Play-Doh that you had that had all the scraps in it that was great. Oh, you know, yeah. Grado? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Grado the gross container. <laughs> it's a toy for kids. Yeah, everybody had that like weird play-doh color yeah your right? gray you yeah. just like you picked up too many play-doh crumbs with and so it was like a little textured and like a little gray and like a little gross <laughs> but you're like if you need it because you need to finish a play-doh then like you gotta use it sometimes i was recently you know? doing Remember some play-doh? yeah I it was like a big deal play-doh, play-doh was tight yeah i dude. was recently doing some research what if kids do that anymore hmm. i don't know yeah, I was recently doing some research for oil painting stuff and they were talking about like what they, you know, what people do to dispose of like paint, old paint, like paint they didn't use or like particularly stuff that they were painting with like on their palette. You can't just like shove that back into the metal tube. Oh my God, um, yeah, that You gross. know, and some people were like, oh yeah, I just like mix it together and then I have like my proprietary gray because they're the colors that I use all the time and it's just my gray and I use it for gray. And just like put it in a jar or whatever. And just like put it it's actually not a bad idea and i was like I genius not, i did not know where this was going i really <laughs> thought you were about ready to talk about using play-doh and painting and i'm just like yeah i mean sure why not oh my god using oil painting to color play-doh would be the worst idea but like, ever but like maybe that, or maybe using no. play-doh to help with your oil paint i don't know how that works dude i use silly putty in model painting i mean so fair, but you would like, not want to use oil painting to color Play-Doh because oil paint is a cure. Is oil my dog? Yeah, it, it cures, it doesn't dry, so it would just be on your hands all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, sure, That would be yeah. awful. Um, <laughs> we've gone entirely off the rail. Yeah, there. we've gone entirely back, off the back rails. Back on rail, what's going on with this Eye of Horus you speak of? So, the Eye of Horus, um, which is also called the Left Wedjot Eye, or the Udjot Eye, um, fun fact, the right eye is typically considered the eye of raw and is usually portrayed as a red or orange sun disc. So, but is the right eye the wedjot and the left wedjot is just the ujot? Uh, the, the is it like, is it like, like wedjot? This is my right side. So like, is it like wedjot, ujot? And no. sometimes they just call the ujot the west wedjot because like- no. That's an asshole no, no, no. thing to do. No, the no, the left eye is the wed is is the left wedjot eye, yeah. aka the udjot eye. Think of that as the word yeah. for left eye. No, and no, then I, the right eye is called the right wedjot eye, or the eye. Well, of then Ra. what the hell's the wedjot? Or sometimes eye. just wedjot eye. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Listen, left wedjot eye is like say in starboard port side. There's port side and starboard port side. I mean, I didn't. Right? Hey, look, dude. I didn't make this up. I am not an Egyptian scholar. We barely I'm, understand. I am. What ju- these, I am judging them. What is for, happening for not saying ujot when left wedjot is so many more words? Yeah. Unless, like etymologically, ujot is just like the the abbreviated like quick way of saying left wedjot. It might you be. Know? Um, it's like right I don't hand know. and then like left right hand and then we just drop the second right hand part, so it's just like left hand and right hand now. Like yeah, like how you have the two thumbs hand. Yeah, like you know, you have one thumb's hand and two thumb's hand, but but the two thumb's hand, you can just say two hand. 
You can drop the thumbs. No, because then that's two hands. Two hands got two thumbs. Works out. Well, maths. It's just, a, it's just a thick hand. Yeah, but if you have two hands, then you need four thumbs. Yeah, see, look at this. Two hands. It's just a thick hand. Oh, no. Yeah. Does that mean that the Hamsa is not actually one hand with two thumbs, but is two hands with two thumbs? Like and it's just doing the awkward turtle thing? Just It's it's doing this. Yeah, it's, it's doing that's whatever the it awkward, is. The awkward turtle. I don't know that I've move. ever called that, but yes. Uh, that's what I've always heard of it called i always assumed that it was a hand behind the hand because two thumbs although i feel like you'd be able to accomplish a bunch two thumb hand um <laughs> is like you know not the way that works I, I mean i always assumed that it was just like a stylized Speaking of hand. hands with a weird number of digits okay so <laughs> that science fiction book written by that man who created a science fiction religion that's L. now Ron a cult um L. Ron Hubbard. L. Ron Hubbard. What's the what's the name of the science fiction book they made that terrible movie about? Um, Battlefield, Battlefield Earth. Earth. In Battlefield Earth, which is actually a pretty good book. I mean, that that guy and his Ooh, every weird time religion you say that, I'm aside, like, don't say it's a good movie. <laughs> uh, oh my god, no! The movie is maybe the worst thing that's ever been produced on film. Full fucking stop. Uh, but but um, which is saying something. But uh, the book is actually pretty good. The aliens have eleven fingers. Yeah, it's a big subplot. Listen, this isn't a spoiler. This is a very old book. On each hand? No, 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 no. Total. Total. So one hand has five. Yes, and and one hand has six. six. Yes. Yeah. And so, like, this big thing is that they come and, like, fuck up humans, and then humans are slaves for them or whatever the fuck. And then the human, one human finally figures out that the reason why we can't, like, use any of their technology is because they're using base 11 math and not base 10 math. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that's like how their technology works or I whatever the fuck. I feel like it's, it's such a weird like so story weird. structure. Um but it's 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 not bad. You know what they did all of it for is gold too, which is fucking stupid. That's so weird. Yeah. Yeah, aliens invade Earth and kill all of like most of humanity off and turn us into slaves so we can mine gold for them. And then that guy was like, "Hey, I'm going to start a religion fucking, about this." They have fucking interdimensional teleportation, but they want our gold. Could you imagine being that dumb? It's just gold, guys. We can synthesize it. Holy shit, we can synthesize diamonds. Chill out, man. Yeah, also, like, who are they? Dr. Evil? I have no... It's oh, a- no, that's not Dr. Evil, is it? Who's the I Love Gold guy? That's oh, the- oh, 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 that's... uh the He's, like, the Danish guy or yeah, he's whatever. He's the Danish guy. Oh, my God, what is he's his name? He's the schmoke and a pancake yeah, guy, but I can't so think funny. of his name. Dude, oh, I have not seen those um, movies in so long. Me neither. Also, I bet you if Inigo Montoya yeah, he can was in... Was in Battlefield Earth, he would be the human savior. I don't even remember who the human savior is. I'm gonna be real, dude. I've blocked. It's a not lot. Inigo Montoya. I've blocked you that a lot much. of that movie out. Those aliens are like weird AF looking. What's his name? Travolta's in it. Yeah. It's a fucking weird, weird movie, dude. It's really weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anywho. Anyway, back on subject. Uh, back Eye of to Horus. the Eye of Horus. So. Um, <laughs> That's the irregularly scheduled program. <laughs> the eye of Horus is an eye with like an eyebrow above it. Horse around it, yeah. There's a line that extends from the outside corner of the eye, and another line extends down from the inner or center part of the eye. The, the This line typically has another line attached to it, extending in a diagonal with a curl at the end. It was really weird for me to try and write that description because I know what that looks like. And I was like, well, how am I supposed to like explain what this looks like? 
I know what this looks well, like. So it's like also, an, it's I on. have it tattooed on my body. So it's like right there. It's like an almond with a lot. It's like an almond on its side with a line at the fat part and then a curly Q underneath it and like a little bit of a tail because it's got nice fashion choices. Basically, yeah. yeah. Uh, also, I literally <laughs> just now realized that I have that eye tattooed on my right shoulder. Yarb. But it's the left eye. <laughs> well, but it's the left right eye. Things I did not. But again, it's the left right eye. It's the left wet jot eye. It is Ujot, but it's also left wet jot. It's port starboard. No. Instead no, of port port or starboard no, starboard, it's, it's port starboard. It should be on the left side. I mean, and I know the that other it side be, gets yes, a disc. But... Never mind. Uh, <laughs> things I didn't know when I was 20. Uh, so. <laughs> you know, we got lasers. We can just laser. Ugh, no, that's Put on too the much other work. side. That's too much work. Um, so the Eye of Horus is also considered a sign of protection, which is part of this apotropaic magic, um, and was seen in tons of mediums throughout time. It was in amulets made of clay. You could find it in metal or made out of precious stones, so, oh, sure. or sometimes carved or painted on other surfaces. And it was basically everywhere so in ancient then. Egyptian times. Yeah. Yes. And yes, sometimes... It was coupled with the evil eye. I mean, yeah. So sometimes you would see it. There are tons of other... Egypt was around at 1500 BCE. Yeah, absolutely. So there are tons of other... Still around. Like evil eye wards that people would use throughout time. Yeah. Uh, and this is by no means an exhaustive It was on the cover list. of the Book of the Dead in the uh, Mummies movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. right. That's so right. They were trying to tell you this whole last time. Don't open that fucking book, but... Yeah, don't read from that book. Somebody got to open a book and read from a book like a mook. Mm hmm. That's fine. Whatever. <laughs> you must not read from the book. You must not read from the book. Yeah, I love that. Such a great um, movie, dude. It's the best movie. It, it really kinda is. is maybe. It really yeah, is. Yeah, of all time. Yeah. yeah. So other types of evil eye wards that you could find in ancient Egypt were... Um, like they performed rituals and left offerings for protective gods. Um, they also put up sometimes stone slabs uh, that were carved with protective symbols or spells just like in them. Um, and it was also common for women and children to carry a birth tusk made of carved hippo ivory. Mm. Mm, I'm going to need you to describe what a birth tusk is. So this is, is it just a tusk that you hold with you when you give birth or are birthed? Um, at which point, yeah. what is that? Just like, style? Is it like for style? A little bit of both. Right? Yeah. Because like, what? What are you? What are you holding it to the doctor's neck? So you're just like making no. a mistake, dog. No, 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 no. Like, what? What do you no. mean holding this? No. Thing? So it's are you a, wearing it like a, tusk? a hat, no. which I would be very excited about. No, you're just like out. carrying it around, like on your on your belt or whatever. Oh, like while you're pregnant. While you're pregnant, or if you are a child, oh, and the carving, I was usually... thinking that it was used like during the action of birth, like <laughs> medicine. No, they're just using it to way. like shoehorn that baby out of there. Yeah, I don't know, um, dog. No, 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 no. I'm it not was, from there. It was more of like a fashion sort of uh, thing. It just like um, indicated status, like oh, I just like I'm pregnant. Look at this horn. Or like, yes. I'm a very fresh baby. That should be fucking obvious. But look at this horn. Yeah. Well, children would carry it for longer than being just like a very fresh baby. Sure. But yes. Um, and In it my was... mind, it's like a six month old walking around with a horn and somebody's just like, 
Dude, I would have thought that was a grown-ass adult without that horn, so thanks, dog. I mean, you know. <laughs> um, so the ivory was typically carved with a variety of protective symbols, usually gods. Some of that did depend on how um, how rich the family was, like yeah. how intricate the carvings were. Um, but it was incredibly common to uh, carry that around. So, yeah, that's uh, those are some of the things that they did in ancient Egypt. In ancient Greece and Rome, there were also offerings that were made to protective gods, uh, and amulets with their likenesses were also common, especially for children, uh, because kids are kids are going to do some dumb stuff. So they needed to amulet up those little those little monsters so that they um, don't die. basically don't die, and they don't yeah. have to create another one and put all of that sort of uh, investment into the child. Um, so they also, in ancient Greece and Kids Rome- Kids are dumb. Have you ever seen one of them cough? It's just like open mouth <laughs> towards, a, towards a face. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I get it, man. I mean, I've seen adults cough that way. <laughs> That's fair. So- That's fair. They do, make, they do make some dumb adults too. Yeah, every time I see that, I'm just like, whoa. <laughs> what was that? The open mouth, tongue out cough, <laughs> where you're just like, eh, and you're like, all right, dog, we're in a room right now. <laughs> I'm sorry, what's happening? <laughs> what, you just choose violence? Get out of here. Yeah, like, it, <laughs> damn. You're like, gross, ew. <laughs> give, me, <laughs> give me some of that. Honestly, uh, it's like, it's like some watching somebody sneeze Purell. into their hand. That's like, Every once in a while you see it, and every time, I'm just like, I just immediately, the on the inside, I just want to go over there and, and just, like, talk to this person like I'm their father. We were and just watching. be like, what is wrong with you? Put your face yeah. in your elbow, my dude. Use yeah. a handkerchief in your hand. Yeah. You're touching stuff. You're outside right now. Yeah. You're an adult, We were watching dog. something that was pre the other day and an actor or like, I don't know if, the, I don't remember if this was like a, like a, like a, a fictional thing or whether it was like footage sure. uh, of like it's real just, stuff. It's just something happened. we were watching. But like, we were, some, we were watching something the other day and somebody coughed like fully into their hand and I was like, oh God, <laughs> that's awful. Why are you yeah. doing that? Hey, my dude, you're going to need to take like all the showers that are available to you right now. You yeah. just coughed in your hand, Mike. Yeah, yeah. Close Oof. it down. Woof. Yeah. Who's doing this? I don't know, right? man. Who are these fucking people? I don't know. Somebody at work like sneezed three times today and I was like, oh, glad they're on the other side of the room for me. But like, I was the only person that said bless you because I say bless you Unless it, unless there's like a social contract that makes it so that you don't say bless you, right? You know, when somebody- I don't, I don't know what sneeze that is. Um, well, it's mostly like, me. Eye con- like eye contact sneeze? No, and no. They just like look at you in the eye and they're like, Like if somebody chill. has a sneezing and like, thing and sneezes like don't five times you. in a row. The skeleton are you saying tell. bless you five times? Because like one of the things that happens to me is I sneeze a lot if I get, um, mm. if I have something that I have oh, an Oh, listen, if you're to, sneezing in sequence, I'm not going to say bless you until the very last of the sequence. But if yeah. you sneeze and then I say bless you and you sneeze again, I'm going to say bless you again. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So what I was the- saw a TikTok about somebody being like in another country and uh, and um, they were asked like, oh, I didn't like they were like it was brought up. They were like, I didn't know you were this religious. And the person was like, what are you talking about? And they're like, well, you say bless you every time somebody sneezes. And they're like, what else are you supposed to do? Gesundheit, that's the same <laughs> Nothing. thing. I prefer <laughs> shut the fuck up, by the by. It's my favorite thing to do. You can ask her when she sneezes. Um, my all-time favorite thing to do is when somebody sneezes to say shut the fuck up. But obviously, I can only do that with like you or like 
dad or like, you know, Dom and Ray or somebody like that. So like, so like, obviously I'm not like in the grocery store. Just be like, Hachu, shut the fuck up. Like that's it is. so heinous. <laughs> but I'm gonna be real. I'm very afraid that that might slip out. So that's why I'm very abrupt on the, I'm just like, bless you. Get it out before the shut the fuck up happens. You, you will know? often do both. It is it is a glorious thing. It cracks me up every time when I'm in the middle of having like an allergy attack and I'm sneezing like 12 times in a row. And somewhere in the middle, you're like from another room. You're like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, I just, it's, it's, it's the funny, it's the absolute peak of the mountain of comedy for me is shut the fuck up to a sneeze. Yeah. Just because the real response is bless you and shut the fuck up is the, polar opposite. I was the only person in the office today that would say bless you to this person who was sneezing and I was by far not the only person and I paused. Oh my god. Like the first time I didn't pause for a long time. Who's just letting that sneeze? Listen, if you don't say that the skeletons get out or whatever the the fuck the magic is there. I can't even see them from my desk. Yeah, they are on the other side. Yeah, I did, yeah. but I shouted it like how you quietly shout. Yeah. Where you're like bless you. Office appropriate yelling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, no, I know what you're and, talking about. Totally. And they laughed every single time. So then I had to. It's a social contract. Yeah, I had to continue yeah, to do yeah. it. Yeah, you signed a contract. You had also, lawyers were there. Also, since we're talking about bless you, and this is about apotropaic magic, sure. um, the reason like why we say a thing when people sneeze sure. is because... Um, not long after the Christianization of Europe, we start seeing this like bleed into the like um, sort of religious consciousness that like demons exist and we have to protect people from demons. And Christians one of, are very afraid of demons. Yeah. And one of the ways so, to do that yeah. is to say bless you when somebody sneezes, because depending on where you were and what time period it was, specifically yeah. in the Middle Ages, people thought either the demons would try to crawl into you when you sneeze, or that when you sneeze, you were trying to sneeze the demons out. So they either wanted the demons to stay out or to stay in. So they would say bless you as like a as like a, mm. a, whole, a whole I feel like war. if a demon's gonna crawl into a yawn is a significantly more <laughs> useful option, right? Yeah, because you can't stop that. Once you're yeah, in that once yawn, you you're start there. yawning, you're locked in, dude. Something's if a demon, literally crawling if a demon's inside quick, of you. They're gonna be like, they're gonna get in there, dude. You can't stop that shit. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, I'm just I'm just putting that out there with that. Yeah, um Okay, so like obviously demons are gonna get into you, whatever the fuck. Uh the thing that like I remember the like joke reason why we say bless you that I remember from my childhood was that if you don't say bless you, somebody's skeleton's going to crawl out of them. <laughs> what? Yeah. Cause a sneeze is your skeleton <laughs> trying to escape. So you say bless you to keep that skeleton at bay. Yeah. I don't remember where that's from, but I remember that in my childhood as being like the thing, not like my family believed it or something, but like amongst my friends, that was like the thing that we I talked have- about. As like a Literally elementary school child, never heard of. Oh that my god! Before. Like like third, fourth grade child. Yeah. So when I say bless you, I always imagine resisting somebody's skeleton crawling out of their body. <laughs> yeah. Ever since I was a kid. Okay, but where is the skeleton? Is the skeleton coming out of the mouth or yes. out of the nose? Yeah. Yeah, out of the mouth. <laughs> You're like chew, and then she's you to see like like hands, like skeletal hands ah, reaching out, out of the mouth. Yeah, yeah oh totally, hundred percent. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> And we were weird kids. It was the 90s. Shit was weird, dog. Man, but see, I was a kid in the 80s and like- Different kind were, of weird, my dude. Things were weird, but Different not like that. Yeah. yeah skeletons Wild. Okay. So, um, back to ancient Greece and Rome. Yeah. Less skeletons, <laughs> so less good. 
Uh, so I'm, I guess not that many less skeletons. I don't know, man. We're about there's a lot to, of skellies. Yeah. So back in ancient Greece and Rome, not only did they like make offerings and stuff, um, but they also spit into the folds of their clothes to avoid the evil eye. I don't know why they just did. That's crazy. They also would dress boys as girls. In fact, there are your some- own clothes, right? Your own clothes. Yes. Okay. When you put them on, you would spit into them to ward the evil eye. Okay. Somebody envied your, your clothes too much or you too much. Very weird. Yeah. Okay, so they cool. also dressed little boys as girls, uh, for the, for the same reason to avoid the evil eye. In fact, there are some like, is this very the English accounts. dress little boys as girls? I, I'm going to be real with you. As far as I'm aware for like, like literally up until like the fucking 1800s or early 1900s, Everybody dressed as a little girl until they were like five or something. Yeah. So, right? Because like, there's tell. fucking photographs like, of when like, little of, boys were dressed like little girls it, when they yeah, were very it's young. It's hard right? to tell. We kind of don't know. So, I At mean, some point in time, somebody was like, oh, we, we can just make small boys' clothes, guys. And they're like, oh, yeah. shit, duh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess tiny pants. I didn't um, think about that before. <laughs> right? <laughs> or something. I, yeah. I think about this a lot. Because, like, child gowns was like a fucking whole yeah. thing. For, I'm not talking about like a 10 year old or some shit, well, but for so, like a young child. So there's a couple of things. That, so we don't entirely know exactly why. And I don't I don't know exactly when it stopped. they started or stopped sure. doing this, but mostly sure. stopped. I kind of have an idea or mostly started. I kind of have an idea when they stopped. Sure. So like dressing little boys as girls has a couple of like benefits aside from this like evil eye thing, which. I mean, I don't know that there's any science saying that that works. Because one size fits all baby gown is yeah. like one size fits all baby gown. But also, like, if they're really young, um, for any of you that have had small children that you are, um, that you're that you've parented or that you've been around, uh, keeping them swaddled is a remarkably difficult thing to do, and it is a lot easier to swaddle a baby if they are in a dress like a long dress sure. than it is to swaddle them if they are in pants and then you're putting a thing above them sure. because There's you're binding their legs that many more times you right bungee cord them in i don't think they had bungee cords back in ancient greece so they did dress boys as girls but like way past the time frame for them to be like walking and moving around there are some pretty like there are some like pretty famous historical Romans and um, that that we know that were dressed as girls. I don't I can't remember any of their names off the top of my head, but they're it's pretty, pretty common stuff. So they also used um, the faces of Gorgons to ward off the evil eye. A Gorgon sure, that makes is sense. a bunch of eyes. Well, Gorgons didn't really have a bunch of eyes. They were like Isn't Medusa the the and her sisters. Yeah. Yeah. Of course I mean, they have a bunch of eyes. What you talk about? They got oh yeah, I guess their eyes and all them snake yeah. eyes. Yes. Yeah. So and see, also that's just a, that's just an eye based competition there. If somebody's trying to evil eye you, what do they got? Dead Max, two eyes, right? Yeah. And so also you, you bring five um, protective eyes, bing, bang, boom. Well, you outnumber. Just, you win by three eyes. It's not just the eyes. It's, eye um, it's not just the eyes. The ancient Romans and Greeks Musical. felt that ugly things also warded off the evil eye. Um, and Gorgons were known to be ugly uh so that was i don't know snake hair is fucking rad yeah but they typically you know greeks were wrong that way. you know what they were wrong i disagree snake hair very cool they also thought that things that were hilarious would vo would ward off the evil eye so the ancient greeks and romans felt that like 
ugly things yeah. and funny things would yeah. ward off. So the safest thing things. in the world is an ugly clown. Uh, actually, no. The safest thing in ancient Rome was uh, phalluses to ward off evil eye. Uh, I'm going to say I just <laughs> described you just described an evil clown. So um, they these were known as fascinum because they would fascinate people um, and people would carve phalluses everywhere. Hey, guess what? To ward off the evil eye. It wasn't for the evil eye. We still haven't stopped doing that. You ever been into a bathroom before? Dicks. <laughs> right? Like They would carve phalluses into doorways. Yeah. You've been under hearths, an underpass? Along a freeway? Bricks. Near an alleyway? I'm just saying, people are in the snow? Cobblestones. People be carving, people be carving phalli all over the place. And even carving them into standalone slabs. Yeah. Um, jewelry depicting phalluses was also everywhere. We have a couple of pieces in like museums, not like us. More we, than a like, couple. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say, so many more I want to say I remember watching a YouTube video about so like, many more than a couple. about like weird penis jewelry across time. Oh my God. Time. It's everywhere. It's just like I penis mean, jewelry. We see that in every culture, but the Romans were especially into it. Yeah. So we found statues and lamps, lamps, and hanging charms and wind chimes. Um, wind chimes. Uh, wind chime, pe penis wind chime. Be real? Great. Yeah. Absolute banger. Um, many times these phalluses or fascinum were carved with wings on them. Uh, sometimes there was whole flying, scenes. Flying penises is yeah. just obviously an upgrade to the penis. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah, flying That's and hilarious. detachable. I mean... What, what, what do we got? Wings on this up. thing? Like big bird wings? Get mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Should have been bat wings, but listen, they didn't have the humor back then. I saw I saw those. No, they, they also they had did. them Good. with bat wings. Good. They also had them with bug wings. They also uh, would sometimes carve them into like a whole scenery motif. I my the favorite My favorite one that I saw um, is in the uh, Wikipedia page for Fascinum. Guys, you can find this in the sources um, in the description below. Yeah. Uh, or to the side or above or to the other side. Or wherever the description is. Wherever you're is. watching this, this is on YouTube and on your podcast network of choice. Watch it in both places. Yeah. Give it a like. Because then you can see our faces. Um, yeah. So my favorite one is there is a winged phallus that is... Um, spitting on an eye of Horus and also uh, like a scorpion. Nice. Yeah, and nice. when I say spitting, that's a, I'm listen, sure you know what I mean. Listen, that's some mystical ass imagery, my dude. It's on like a stone slab that's, as like a warding yeah, slab. Yeah, it's so fucking it's, magical, my dude. Yeah. yeah, that's like nine magics in one picture and it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. So yeah. let's be perfectly real. That's a good um, joke. Whoever carved that, strong magic. Good humor. Phallus jewelry was especially popular to put on children for aforementioned reasons of putting lots of evil eye thing on wards on children. Sure. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. Just yeah. Full fucking stop. Don't do that. I shouldn't have to say that, but. <laughs> not yeah, in modern not, times, listen, guys. Listen, it's not ancient Rome. Some things that happened back then, not fucking gangster, right? Slavery is a solid example. Yeah. So yeah. apparently, in fact, this thing is this true. custom of putting phalluses everywhere to ward off the evil eye was so common that at one point we think that the trend was actually to have your like hearth mantelpiece made out of wood as opposed to stone sure. of some sort. 
far more fireproof. Um, but the wood, which is less fireproof, so that the individual person who lived in that house could then carve the phalluses that they wanted to have carved themselves. Mm. Because, of course, carving it yourself would import special magical um, practice and somebody yeah. else doing it. Yeah. Um, so they were everywhere. Everywhere. So um, also, a huge phallus was part of the Dionysus parade each year. Yeah. For pretty obvious reasons. Yeah. Uh, we also do a deep dive on Dionysus. Um, so you can find that um, in the in the links below, too, who's if you're big, interested. Who's, a, who's another big phallus god? Bloody, what's his name? The Celtic god? Or, oh, the Dagda? Oh, the Dagda, yeah. Was right, Dagda. actually not a huge phallus god. That's actually Wasn't he part... the one who... Oh, no, no, that was the Christians who were trying to make fun That's of him. That's part of the yeah, smear yeah, campaign. Yeah, that's a real dumb smear campaign. Guys, get better at marketing. Ha, look at that guy. What a lame, such a huge dick. That it bad hangs out of his tunic. Bad bad marketing, okay? Guy. Yeah, bad marketing. Guess what? He was also supposed to be over six feet tall. What's up, ladies? Let's go. Yeah, so that's uh, fine. They lost that battle. That's on them. They yeah. Made, they made a mistake. You know, everybody does a new Coke. So yeah, exactly. that was the Christian church's new Coke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> was talking this guy's dick up. Yeah, yeah. So um, people have also used a ton of other things to ward off the evil eye. So like reflective or shiny items yep. like uh, mirrors. You can find uh, mirrors sewn into a lot of clothing and jewel uh, jewelry or um, just sort of embedded in there. Um, witches balls are also very common. Those are basically like Christmas ornaments that you leave up year round. Yeah. Usually made of um, glass. Or a disco ball. Or a disco ball. Which means that Disco is mystical and magical, and you're fucking welcome for that fact. Also, yeah. I love disco ferociously, so. It works. Also, coins, reflective. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> shiny. Uh, if you know about this, a bag, a Ziploc bag of water with some pennies in it hung above a door. I, d I don't know if that's real, but. I don't know if it's real, It's supposed to ward off flies. flies. Yeah. Dude, like, I can't tell you the number of places I've worked at that have had, like, a, a watery bag of pennies above the door. It's, like, yeah. so many places. And I, I just, at this point in time, I have to believe that somebody did science on this and I just missed the memo. I wasn't there at school <laughs> that day. I didn't receive an email or something. Yeah. Because, like, everybody believes that shit. Yeah, exactly. That's to ward off evil bugs. So, same yeah. time. Exactly. Um, horseshoes are also really popular for that, particularly yeah. in America. Um, they are usually nailed above or near a doorway. Um, traditionally, the idea is that luck holds the, or excuse me, that the pointed upwards, so it's like a cup, um, holds the luck in and then down lets the luck flow into the house. It's receiving said luck. Oh, we have a horseshoe at, at our entranceway. We do. Absolutely. Yeah. It's um, pointed down like a horseshoe should be. Yeah, exactly. I personally I don't see a difference horseshoe, between well, the up pointed down. down horseshoe feels like this is just for me. Pointed down horseshoe feels magical. Pointed up horseshoe feels like a lucky charm. <laughs> That's true. Feels right? like a cereal item. It feels like a cereal yeah. item. However, I just like I have. N it's only because of the horseshoe and Lucky Charms. I don't know. Maybe in commercials as a kid was pointed up or something like that. I but feel the, like it is. The yeah. horseshoe up just feels like, like uh uh uh. What is that? St. Patty's Day breakfast cereal energy. 
You know, yeah, it's like just charms. like a lot of made up stuff not associated with any of the people that are actually involved there. Exactly. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just yeah, like a lucky yeah. charm energy. Yeah. Also, um, the horseshoe, what it symbolizes, like, you know, up, down, that sort of thing um, is widely ranges by sure. by where you are. Oh, totally. It's, it's, well, especially in the Americas. Like, I feel like it's not even just like a state by state thing. Like, I feel like county to county is going to have different rules. Honestly, family to family yeah, seems but, a lot for more fucking likely. real. Yeah, totally, yeah. totally, totally, totally. Um, totally. So um, our horseshoe came with the house. Like a great many weird things that came with this house. Yeah. 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 Finding more and more things all the time. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> Basement rocking horse. Still there. I'm not gonna get it out of the basement. Yeah, we got you like. An, do, you think I'm gonna do ghost stuff? We got mm. like an eight millimeter film with this house too. We're not doing anything with that. We're never oh, ever gonna. You watch, watch that, that film. That's how. That's how a Japanese girl crawls out of a well or whatever. It's supposed to be like a Hawaiian luau. We're yeah, never not, ever going to watch that. I'm Thanks. not gonna. I'm not trying to. Dive the last house volcano. we lived in had one of those attic portals, like from the Grudge, and we were like, we're never going in this. Yeah. And if it's ever open. And nobody, and, and like neither you nor I did it. We're going to just leave this house and never come back. Oh yeah. Everything le- is left behind. <laughs> yeah. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't do that. Yeah. That's the, wording. The you keep mis- that attic shut. The, the biggest mistake is asking too many questions. Listen, mm-hmm. you ever watch a horror movie where everybody gets fucking murdered? It's because one person was like, oh, I wonder what this is. Bad move. Yeah. You don't deserve to know what that is. You don't need to know what that is. And you are not prepared to know what that is. Don't open the tomb. Don't fucking read from the Book, dog, damn, all right? And for sure, do not be rooting around in attics and places like that. You are not supposed to be rooting around in. Yeah. Is the attic finished? No, hire a fucking professional. Yeah. Because that guy's coming in here wearing a bunch of jewelry or whatever the fuck. Make sure he doesn't die in that attic. Yeah. We live in California. The attic is the most haunted of all locations in a house. That's true. We don't got no basements out here, so. Yeah. Basements are rare, so. You got an attic and a basement and you're in California? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. That's a gold rush town right there. Yeah. Um, anyway, so another thing that was really common to do, particularly in the Middle Ages and moving up into the Victorian times, was burying objects in walls, such as uh, spell jars. Was, and still is. Yeah. So hot. Yeah. Spell jars. Um, the spell jars often had a variety of objects in them, um, oftentimes things that would repel somebody away from sort of a traditional way of looking at putting together a spell jar. So that would be like urine or vinegar or um, like broken glass, nails, Nails, thorns, thorns, barbed wire, wire. any sort of like poisonous plant, like them little red berries on all them, whatever. Yeah. So if you see anything like like that, that's that's generally a, a a repelling type of a warding magic there. Um, People would also bury old shoes in walls. That's, Bonk, there are other things that people used to bury in walls too, like um, like unalived pets. Yeah, don't do that. Um, we read a whole book about finding a whole no longer alive human. A whole person. Yeah, and that uh, dude, that dude, that ruined that guy. That was horrifying. That book was good. There's that was more. such we gotta a read, we gotta good read more book, of that book, dude. Yes, uh, more of those, more in that series. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Uh, so markings and sigils are also very commonly used for warding. Um, so some common ones are the pentagram, uh, crosses, geometric flower patterns, um, and anything that's considered like that sort of like, um, you know, geometric art that they're like, these are the answers to the universe, you know, um, geometric, like sacred geometry stuff. 
Ah, sacred geometry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, the letters VV or VM. That's a Virgin Mary, basically. Um, people would just like scribble VM into walls uh, back in like the early Dark Ages for protection from the Virgin Mary or VV because that's um, the Vestal Virgins. Protection by the Virgin Mary. Yes. Not from her. <laughs> She's not like coming to get you. Right. She's like, I don't trust any of you people in here. No, that's not what's happening. No, she's bringing big mom energy there. Yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, and also uh, with like a throwback here to the Gorgons and also the Fascinum, uh, the Sheila Nagig um, was a was a pretty common sigil and sculpture used as decoration. This is one that we see more often. You probably described that sculpture or statue. Oh, I'm going to. I'm getting there. Um, the Sheila gig is something that's way more common in like Celtic and um, sort of like Europe, like Western European culture. We see this a lot in in the UK and Ireland where um, and also a lot on churches. Uh, this is generally a fairly grotesque woman who is uh, been carved or sculpted into a building, although sometimes it's an amulet and also sometimes it's one of those just like sort of stone statue slabs. Uh, and she is just um, opening herself up for all to see. Uh... She's just inviting you. Sure, sure. Into the cave. Sure, sure. I've, I've been to old churches. I know what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah, so that is a Sheila Nagig. And that really does, uh, these these appear to be like both as, both very ancient, but also not as ancient as you think. Um, so I think that they are sort of working on that idea that the ancient Romans had where something is hilarious and also grotesque, and that's going to keep away all the bad things. Sure, yeah. Uh, so the Sheila Nagig is definitely one of those. However, huge asterisk here. We don't actually know what that means because nobody talks about it in ancient texts. It's just like some shit that existed. Yeah, it's just some stuff that existed. Sure. And we think based on other things that are similar, um, you know, that it's like that ha -ha, that's funny what that protection. means. Sure. Yeah, haha, -ha, funny, but also like ooh, protection. Sure. Um, but we don't entirely tell know you, dude, for sure. You go to some of these old stone churches, right? I, like I've been to like Europe and the UK and stuff like that. And you visit some of these old, old stone churches and like the carvings on them are just bonkers dude and i mean and it's like every fucking surface yeah right there's not like a smooth surface in sight everything's carbs yeah some stuff you know yeah yeah so similar to the sheila nagig but less <laughs> less adult is also gargoyles sure um sometimes <clears throat> as adult sometimes just as adult that is yeah. correct yeah yeah. Um, so we also see this um, sort of like carving of warding figures in the figureheads of ships. These are traditionally done to keep uh, evil at bay and keep good luck in. Uh, and also a sort of worldwide custom, which is naming a child after a strong animal or word or phrase or something that meant that they would live for a long time. Yeah. So those are all really common ways that we uh, use apotropaic magic in, well, Throughout time. Oh, forever in, alive in forever alive stuff. So that's the magic of warding things. But there's also lots of different types of wards that you can use. And I found this really cool graphic. It is linked in the um, 
description or in the uh, links below in the sources below. And uh, it is a Venn diagram. So we're going to go over verbally what this Venn diagram is. And uh, the first side of this is going to be spatial. So spatial wards can be circles like sacred, you know, like opening or closing a circle, sacred spaces, candles, incense, hearths, decor, natural features like waterways, trees, herbs, and stones. Those are all spatial wards. They mm -hmm. exist in a space. On the opposite side of this Venn diagram, we have personal. Personal wards are like enchantable wearable items like clothes or charms, makeup, and jewelry. Uh, jar spells, uh, poppets, amulet pouches. These are all personal wards. And then in the center of our Venn diagram, we have things that are spatial and personal. So these are sigils, artwork, energetic wards, spirits, crystals, plants, charged water, and dirt. So these are all different types of wards that you can use. And obviously you can combine and mix and match however you want, but there are a lot of different ways that you can do a ward. Sure. So um, we work with wards realistically in like a few ways. We do have some warding spell jars around. We definitely have symbols. You know, John was saying we have a horseshoe that's put up. The horseshoe is part of. So there's like a pillar near our front door for the. Whatever place over the under the, the porch. overhang porch. I guess yeah. Porch. Yeah. Porch. The porch. Uh, there's like a pillar near the porch. It's wood. Um, that when we first moved in, I, um, hung the horseshoe because the horseshoe was like near it. Yeah. Already. Uh, so I hung the horseshoe and then, um, it, it like painted sigils and runes on, uh, I used a sh secret time. I used a Sharpie, uh, because a Sharpie is a fine instrument to paint sigils and wards with. Uh, a good quality Sharpie. I think it's the red Sharpie is the ultra permanent Sharpie as opposed to the standard Sharpie is permanent, but it's technically like a semi-permanent and they make it like a super permanent or ultra permanent or something like that. That's like even more permanent than whatever. Um, total aside. Uh, but it's a fantastic thing for doing sigils and such like that on a thing because it is permanent. It's not going to like, uh, fade under ultraviolet light, like in the sunlight. Um, and it's not damaging like carving. Yeah. Right. So like carving is like damaging and like a little bit more whatever, whereas something like a Sharpie as well as a Sharpie won't like flake off like paint will yeah. because a porous surface like wood, um, will absorb the ink in depth. So if you did have to like do like a light sanding or like scrub it because like it got a mess on it, I, I can't even begin to fathom what the fuck that means. Um, then it's not going to like immediately be damaged. And it's also like super readily available and easy, uh, which is part of that whole like, you know, we've talked about this a million times uh, in this podcast is like, like just because the like ancient ritual requires you to use like eye of newt blood of an eagle or whatever the fuck doesn't mean you need to be going out there touching eagles and shit you yeah know? don't do like, that be please. practical not a criminal so yes yes this is america don't touch eagles yeah but we also have a uh a scarecrow that john made 
that yes. lives in front of the house. Yeah. Um, and he, that's definitely a, a is scarecrow he, is a type of a ward. He has a shield so, face. So, yeah, he has a shield face that shield. once had an arrow in it. It once had many arrows in it. Yeah, but once that's had fine. several arrows. Yeah, it was our arrow scarecrow. It was our arrow crow for a little while at a different house. And then now it's our scarecrow at this house. Yeah. It has the same cloak. It's yeah. it's like sticks and, and metal. Um, this thing, but it has had the same cloak for God, like since eight we moved years in or something. Yeah. So seven years. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, a long time. A very long time. Yeah. It's covered in a fair amount of wax from candles. <laughs> it's in, got in the past. Like moss and dirt. Yeah. And, it's fine. Yeah. He's doing great. I'm sure it's horrifying to normies that drive up this road because it's on the road. Um, oh, yeah. It's like right at. It's so, like right there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's one of our gotta, warding gotta things. We also, around Halloween time, um, got a gargoyle. Um, we actually have a, vi- a short video that talks about our um, Samhain like like first day of like fall Samhain kind of like shopping day and uh, we feature our little gargoyle in there so we have a gargoyle um we also inside of the house have a variety of wards sort of randomly throughout the house because we collect things and we're maximalists and we're maximalists we have talismans at our altars i also have like personable or personable like personal wearable type I'm of so things personable. It's, it so keeps personable. the demons away i am uh so yeah i have like jewelry that i wear that is specific to warding some things i wear every day some things i wear only when i feel like i need that extra oomph to it um you know that sort of thing you know you spill salt you throw it over the shoulder that's also a form of warding yeah. uh, but also um we do sometimes something sometimes you just throw it over the shoulder sometimes you just feel a little salty give it a little one of these yeah you're just like one of these Ow, who's whichever ever side there? whichever side is the side that you're supposed to do it at like i know there's a bunch of rules to this stuff but like as far back as i can remember fuck your rules i'm gonna do whatever i want also there's only as many rules as you want there to yeah. be this is magic it's beautiful yeah so um but we also like tattoos do. that are warty i do too so do you obviously yeah. the eye of horus yeah sure. um so another thing that we do is something that arguably everyone does that is warding but nobody really thinks about and that's locking your doors it's true that is both a physical and can be a magical ward you can literally charge that so that every time you lock the door that stops bad energy from getting into your house totally totally dude so that's an easy peasy way to do that sort of thing, especially for people who are uh, in the broom closet. Um, there's a lot of different ways that you can do wards, but you, you know, know, it's also kind of like warding using a VPN. No, I'm just kidding. We're not sponsored <laughs> by anybody. Sponsored by? No. Yeah, we're not sponsored by anybody. No. But technically speaking, using a VPN is a type of warding. Yes. So yeah, yeah. whatever, sponsor us. I'm just putting that's that out That's true. Yeah. I just thought about that for the first time ever. Yeah, please. So pay us (laughs) yeah sure to um make commercials so um with all that said we wrote a spell about this and this is uh sort of so we're going to be doing this ourselves we have not quite sourced all of the items yet because there are some things that we want to kind of like figure out first backslash more importantly than sourcing all of the items it is still fucking winter out here yeah we are there's a lot of listen it's not your guys's winter I know that like most of the country right now is being absolutely hammered by ice and snow. Uh, I'm sorry about that. That sounds awful. My dudes Uh, stay warm and, you know, tell Jack Frost to eat a dick. 
But um, out here in California, it is not like extremely cold and snowy. However, it is raining like a nightmare amount. Uh, yeah. Not like floody danger boy, but like certainly enough that you don't want to do stuff. I, I had some yard work I had to do the other day. and was like outside chainsawing for like four hours in the rain and in the rain. And I was like wet dog. Like, <laughs> yeah, we have like a tiny river that is flowing through our uh, driveway. driveway. Yeah, we've got driveway river. Yeah. He comes. He comes once a year. It's fine. That's it stays for like half the year. <laughs> um, we stretchy. you know, we live in basically a temperate rainforest. So this is not a surprise for us. Yeah. We know this so is so we're not, we're not going to really do this until the weather dries up a bit. Yeah. Uh, but this is something that we started talking about doing actually before we started working on this podcast. And it just happens to work out that this yeah. is like going to go with this. Yeah. So this is we're going to be calling this like a spirit tree warding spell. So this spell combines the principles of the Japanese practice of Japanese and Shinto practice, I should say, of Shibinawa. Um, it also combines the pro the ideas behind Cludi trees and sacred groves. So Shimanawa are hemp ropes that are decorated with tassels and paper that denote a Shinto shrine for a nature kami. Cludi trees, which are typically found next to Cludi wells, um, we've actually talked about in a few different episodes of the podcast. Um, these have strips of cloth tied to them that represent wishes. And these cl this cloth is tied to their branches. This is a primarily an English and Scottish tradition, but you do see this in a variety of places throughout the world, particularly the Western world. Um, and sacred groves dating back to ancient times have been found throughout the world and are often a place of spiritual yeah, power. They're, they're everywhere. Trees are dope. Yeah. Right. Um, They're everywhere. Trees are dope. So, yeah. so the Shimanawa thing, there's sort of like two different forms of, um, uh, two, two different things you can do within the Shimanawa practice with regard to these, these trees and the ropes. So the rope itself can act as both a protective barrier and as a binding and the tree, what with wrapped in this rope or bound by this rope can act as both a protective thing and a binding. So depending on the way that you're talking about this, based on the research that I've done in this is there's either like, okay, so like we have this rope, Shimanawa rope, either like hung at the top of the like gate or doorway into the temple or above the like, um, one box with the slats in it that you like throw offerings into whatever that box is called, whose name is escaping me right now. Or around a tree. Or it's wrapped around a tree. Or around rocks. And, and, and this is to symbolize the like protection. It's like a, it's like a scale map. So the rope bit is covering a thing which represents the protection that is being granted to the entire land of that temple. Backslash, sometimes the rope around the tree is described as, and please, my gods, if I am missing something here or misstepping, like correct us in a comment and like let us know and I'll do like a TikTok about this. Um, but based on the stuff that I'm seeing, so it's either the rope is representing like overall protection for the temple or site, or sometimes the rope is like acting as a binding around the like tree or site or whatever that it's wrapping. Generally, in this case, it's a tree with the tassels and the like little folded paper things the like little folded paper lightning bolt thingies. Um, and I don't, I just don't have the Japanese words written down uh, for these things. Uh, but, um, and at that point in time, the tree acts as like essentially a ghost trap from Ghostbusters is like yeah. the most 
easily way, like easy way to describe this. So it means that like if a temple priest or priestess is like doing a cleansing or like ghosts are afoot or whatever the heck, right? You can basically like push this ghost into the Shimanawa wrap tree and then it's trapped inside that tree. It's literally just the like nuclear ghost trap thing in the basement of the firehouse in the first Ghostbusters movie. Like a hundred percent. That's exactly the logic there. Like to the extent that I wonder if they knew about this when they came up with that idea. Like, that's, <laughs> Maybe. that's how much it reminds me of that. So you can use it both to represent like land protection, spatial protection, as well as to represent like a place that sort of like holds the bad shit in when you need to like put some bad shit in there yeah. like that. And then as for the Clooney tree thing or like, and like Clooney wells or whatever. So they're like holy wells. So essentially holy wells, holy trees, right? And it's generally the trees near these holy wells. Uh, and there's a bunch of places in the UK where like when you go to offer prayer, obviously you don't want to like throw something in a well because that's fucking obviously disrespectful. Yeah, dude. So you tie it to the trees nearby the wells. And there are some fairly famous sites across the UK and up in Scotland, uh, especially up in Scotland, where there are like thousands of pieces of cloth tied to trees there was actually recently is plus or minus like five years honestly but like within the last five years or so there's a very very famous clutie well that's like like in a like mild middlingly simple hike where people would hike to it this was in scotland where they would claw uh, uh tie pieces of fabric to the trees and like i don't know whatever the like local council or whatever decided to clean up the space and took all the wraps down and people were just like i don't know maybe these guys disappear in a well so so people are putting prayers back up there now but um that was like a recent thing we watched yeah. the thing about it and i was just like fuck these guys uh but, but um yeah so a cluty tree is essentially a tree whereupon you're making an offering to whatever that like sacred defined unit is this is a perfect example of that like uh overlap in the venn diagram that we were talking about earlier yeah yeah right and um a lot of people leave wishes there or um in the well itself people will often dip cloth to be blessed mm -hmm. so you can kind of see how that translates yeah. and um the practice make sure of... to rotate that baby though so that way you get the ankle you don't need no trojans <laughs> nicking somebody in the ankle or whatever yeah. the hell that was about so sacred groves and sacred trees are something don't dip that babies in wells. go yes please don't <laughs> i are shouldn't some... have to say so that. sacred sacred groves and sacred trees are things that um go back basically as far as we can possibly find um you know people have been like wow this is a cool tree particularly spiritual or cool place particularly spiritual yeah. and been or look at these redwoods yeah we're not gonna go here anymore particularly yeah right spiritual. Um, so sacred groves are often a place of noted spiritual power in um ancient times and even into modern times especially as we uh, sort of like bring back the idea of practicing these old tiny religions 
and getting back in tune with the earth um, are a place where sacred rituals are often performed and were often performed. Um, and we also have um, a lot of evidence of offerings being made in sacred groves. There are a ton of resources and ideas about sacred trees and things, everything from Lord well, of the Rings to, and, and obviously, to Beowulf like if you live to in a place, Almost every place had some sort of a tree, what with an especially important tree. So yeah, like in North the stuff, giving it tree. would be the yew tree, right? In Celtic stuff, you know, you have like oaks and you have pines and you have so like like every place sort of had like a particularly sacred tree. Yeah. Thing. And we think that actually the the whole idea oh, behind the trees are huge, so uh, that's, some of that shit just magical looking. Yeah, and we think that the whole idea behind like maypoles may actually be part of like sacred tree veneration. So there's a lot of stuff that kind of goes into that. So we sort of took all of these concepts and put them together into a spell. So we for did the Captain spell, Planet these concepts. We did. By, by their, their powers, powers combined. combined. Yeah. Yeah. So um, to do this, you'll need a rope, a cord, or a ribbon, um, typically made of hemp, but honestly, any natural preferably fiber will ma work. Preferably made of any sort of natural fiber, yeah. Yeah, that, um, and it needs to be long enough to be able to wrap around the tree and tie. Yeah. So beyond that, you can choose whatever it is that you want. You could choose just the, the, the cord or the rope, or you can add more, like sigils, bells, tassels, beads, prayer flags, ribbons, evil eye charms, or... Um, perhaps um, winged fascinum yeah. uh, or other decorative items. And if you don't... We're definitely going to get a winged fascinum for our thing. <laughs> She's going to put that on the list. There's a list if you probably. don't have access to a tree, um, you can also use a guardian object, such as like a pillar or a staircase rail, a statuette, or even a coat rack. It doesn't yeah. have to be a tree. It can be literally anything yeah. um, inside Technically, of your house. Any wood that you have in your house made out of trees. Secret time, wood is made out of trees, in case you didn't know. That's right. So you can just wrap it around a banister or whatever the heck. Or your you could also table. like buy a tree, you know, like a house plant. Yeah. Or whatever. So Yeah. Or a statuette of a tree. Tiny yeah. A, or a fake tree. If yeah, you're fake, tr um, fake tree. If you if can't concerned. keep stuff alive or you live in like a tiny apartment that doesn't allow plants, which I don't that sounds like a dystopian nightmare. Hellscape. Mostly if you live but, in a tiny apartment and are not planty. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. you can just get like a plastic tree or whatever. Get like a like a fake tree that's made out of wood. Yeah. So use your imagination yeah. there. Uh, now for the process. The tree is just like a dowel screwed to a plate. Yeah. It's just like a wooden dowel randomly in your house. It's fine. Yeah. Um, so for the process, essentially what you're going to do is um, wrap the rope around the tree, tie a knot. From there, you'll want to hang or tie your decorative items on the rope. And after you're done, you want to visualize the tree filtering out bad energy and letting in good energy. Uh, bind this sort of guardian energy to the knot that you tied, since this knot essentially closes the circle. Uh, you can also use the energy of this tree to ground you or to power your spells. That is some additional stuff that you could add in as oomph there. Um, and offerings can also be made at the tree to honor its work as protector and recharge its magical power. Um, as far as offerings go, use whatever it is that you want. We definitely have an, an episode on offerings coming up because it's something that we get a lot of questions about yeah. and that I think a lot of people are concerned about leaving the right offerings. Um, but I 
I always try to leave an offering the, the of offering that something you that can makes sense. and want to leave is always yeah. the right offering. You don't need to be that particular about a thing. I mean, like if you want to be that particular, be that particular. Go, Go ahead, but thing. you definitely don't need. But to be. like, you don't need to be that particular. Yeah, and also like. If you live in a place where pomegranates are $97 a piece and the thing that you want to leave and like the thing that the thing that you're doing, what it makes you want that a pomegranate is the only option, like, you know, maybe take a Polaroid. Also, if it is an actual Girl. tree and you want to leave it an offering, you could just give it enchanted water. Yeah. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be yeah, anything Pour one out for fancy. the tree homies, dog. Yeah. And you may want to periodically recharge its um, magical power. So that's another thing that you can go into there too. Yeah. So we will be doing a spell like this. We're probably going to be putting a video out about it. But, oh, we're definitely going to do a video about it, but that's um, not going to come until like That's not going to be for probably a couple of like months. a couple of months, yeah. Yeah, because, because not only do we need to source the stuff, which is actually not going to be that big of a deal, although I would love to get like very, very heavy gauge rope. So like a thicker around rope, which means that I think I'm gonna have to go to like a boat place or something. We're gonna have a fun time sourcing yeah. these things. That's for sure. Uh, and so, it's also gonna go on a oh my god very large tree. I, on our yes, property. yeah, yeah. The tree's huge, and I have to like carve the sigil plate we want to use, and that is gonna be a lot of work because we haven't figured out exactly what sigils we're gonna use yet. We're still working on all the details. Yeah, uh, of the project. But um, it's something that we've talked about doing for a while now. And so like when that inevitably comes out, like whatever, stay tuned to our socials and like the YouTube channel. We'll put out a video for that. Um, but you can also do this small scale and I may do like small scale Shimanawa cording um, yeah. on some of my bonsai because I have like a lot, maybe 20 trees. There's a lot. <laughs> like too many. It's becoming maybe a problem. Every time he goes to a place that sells plants, he buys at least one plant. That's fair. Yes. That's true. I came home with two new plants today. Yep. That's fair. Yeah. I expected nothing less. He went mm. to the hardware store. They have a nursery. Yeah. So, I, have a, I have a plant problem. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that is our plan. Um, and we're going to be, we're pretty excited to work on it, but it's something that's going to take us a little bit of time. Yeah. Uh, the way that we typically do our spells as sort of like as an aside, not necessarily attached to protection magic, is we tend to think about the process of our spells a lot more and take some, take a bunch of time researching things um, and sort of like make a big to do yeah. about well, and, the crafting and, 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 of a Spell? If you notice, this spell isn't really like words. We're not doing like a chant. We're not doing a dance. We're not doing like a... A poem. We're not doing a poem. We're not doing like a words part yeah. of a spell, dog. This is primarily the spell is in the physical actions required to complete the task. Yeah. So this is more of like a physical body motion spell and less of a like. It's like a craft spell. Ba -ba 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 rituals. With yeah. Your so our spells sort of fall into two categories, like a heavily researched and like very heavily craft sort of spell um, or an absolute off the cuff, off the cuff chaos magic type of situation we basically do one or the other however for you as our dear listeners um how you can definitely modify this approach to doing a warding type protection thing however you like if there's something yeah. you want to say 
Go ahead and say it. If you don't want to say anything, that's fine too. Um, you know, make this uh, as with all of the things that we do. We want these things to empower you and inspire you, yeah. not trap you into it has to be done this very specific way. So take yeah. what we've done and make don't, it your don't, own. Don't 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 listen to old European dudes being like the only way to do a magic spell is if you do all these. You got to complete these riddles three ass energy, dude. Fuck that. Shit. Yeah. And it's so, like so not my thing, dude. Like, like so frequently, and like, especially if you've listened to this podcast for a while, I, I feel like this is like incredibly obvious energy. But like Julie and I do violently different forms of magic, right? Even though we both like dabble in the like in the order of chaos, right? The like in like chaos TM. Yeah. To, to, you know, to hyper simplify it. And if you don't know what that means, we did a whole episode on chaos magic and talked at length we'll do, we'll do more. about how it's we fine. do that. So you much. can find those in our, um, in the, in the recommended episodes list yeah. down below. Next but, to the but like we, we definitely do things in a different way. And I think like even warding. So like, so like when we're doing like big ritual, like, you know, like, uh, like for a blot or a, a sabbat or whatever, right? Like the way that you open and close a circle is entirely different than the way that I ward the like Norse thing within that space. Yeah. Right. Because when we do our ritual, Julie like opens it and does like the first half of her thing. And then I do my thing. And then she does the second half of her thing. And then she closes the circle. Yeah. Right. Because, because like, I don't do no circle protection ass stuff you know what personally when i'm not doing something where there's like other people involved um i or i'm including you sure. like you don't count here i'm not a person. so like unless i've never claimed uh, to be a person unless there's I other like people involved i don't really cast a circle because sure. i because i have a circle that comes along with me um everywhere sure. so sure. i don't need to do that sure. necessarily but um you know we really want to just like empower people to like do the thing so, so make it your own do. thing sure. um and uh definitely let us know what you come up with we yeah. absolutely love that yeah, yeah yeah what what is your i you know i feel like what i want the takeaway question from this podcast is is like what is your like go-to warding thing yeah right i like i don't i, I kind of don't really do warding Right. I feel like I feel like it. And, and like, whatever. Take this with a grain of salt. I feel like I'm very pro demons. <laughs> so TM. Well, pro right? demons doesn't doesn't like, like I, I feel like I'm, I'm, like I'm very much of the idea that, like, if this person wants to put out bad energy, like that's gangster. But so long as I'm not like involved in whatever the fucking dumb drama is, that's just not my problem. So my my I feel like my like if, if I had to really describe my warding in like as few words as possible, like readers digest that energy. My dude, I'm just going to say like my go-to warding is your fucking problems are yours, dog. That's it. That's that a hundred percent is it is just like the base consciousness, like vibration of like, all right, like that's gangster that you're having a sass, but that shit's not my shit. So I'll help you if you need it. But like, I'm not here for that. Like yeah. just, you know, it's very like, like, just like, as long as you don't participate in it, I feel like we recently watched an anime where somebody was talking about, or something, where somebody was talking about like, um, like, uh, 
uh, a curse works because you believe you're cursed. Maybe a horror movie. Maybe this was during like Halloween. Maybe. Where like, where like the lady was just like, you just have to accept that you're not cursed. And the guy's like, but look at all this bad stuff. And she's like, you're just klutzy dog or whatever. Because he was basically like the, like a curse, like the power of a curse is entirely dependent on the fact that like you confidently believe that, that curse is definitely affecting you. Yeah. So yeah. like the feedback loop is that it's going to get you more. Well, that is in essence, uh, intention. How that works. Yes. That is straight, yeah. just, that's so, just raw talking know. chaos intention, which yeah. is obviously my go-to answer to most things yeah yeah. it's just like raw talking chaos yeah it's pretty awful but basically um i I would say that like an accurate way to look at that is like don't think that bad things are happening to you yeah um and you know try to try to do that thing not positive toxicity um or excuse me not toxic positivity yeah um but you know uh try to brush that off my personal and favorite way of warding is well first of all i wear some devotional jewelry which are which has some like warding baked into it i wear jewelry that connects me closer to the fae and to aphrodite my patron goddess um and uh but other aside from that my personal favorite way of warding is when i feel like somebody done gave me a bit of the evil eye is to turn that around and make their feelings towards me enhance me yeah that is uh and that's one of the things that i do as listen, car you, spells you, 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 listen you put iok powder in, in both things yeah, yeah. Yeah. Guaranteed. Um, you know, or ask that they get what they deserve, which is not entirely not an evil eye protection thing, yeah. but is that's typically the way that I handle that is if they are being away at me, then I'm going to turn that into a way that benefits me. Um, so that's, that's the way that I most commonly handle warding aside from crafting. And we have, you know, a variety of things. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Which is, as you, I mean, like kind of the same energy, but like also a very different approach, right? Like I definitely have my like weird, whatever, like ritual shit that I'm constantly doing or whatever the heck. Yeah. You know, but generally that's always in the positive. You know, it's like the it's like the upside down tarot thing. Like, I just don't participate in upside down tarot cards. It's too much work. Uh, honestly, that's the main reason why it's uh, it's too much work. I'm not going to do that, man. I got yeah. too many tarot decks to memorize as much as I have to anyway. I mean, I got to do that. Uh, and that's kind of my thing with warding. But like, I definitely if I'm feeling like particularly like somebody's trying to fuck with me or whatever which i mean it's been forever because like i work for myself so who's gonna hate me me uh <laughs> what was up but um i'm i've i've definitely been like you know sigil sigil of the wallet boy yeah you know or whatever uh for that for that bonus gangster <clears throat> um but yeah man i i think that it's important to recognize that like there's not a uniform answer for how one should do warding and like evil eye and like protection tier stuff. Yeah. I mean, if you, you want to be do, like, do what, uh, like vibes with you the best. Yeah. Like if you want to be like Benny from the mummy where he's got a uh, necklace of every religion that he possibly can to ward mm. off evil. I thought you were talking about the jets. Nope. Nope, Benny so. from the Mummy. I'm bringing that full circle. Uh, so with that, God damn, he's so great as he's just like, just 
as this mummy's approaching him, which is arguably terrifying. Yeah. Right? That mummy was like not gangster. It wasn't hot mummy yet. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And and he's just he's just like, uh, no, not this one. Uh, not this one. Uh, uh, not yeah. this one. And finally says one, and the mummy's just like, wait a minute. You one of these people? And he was just like, Yes. If it keeps me alive, uh. why not? Oh yeah. my god, he's such <laughs> yeah, a great Gordon. character. Yeah. So with that, we would like to thank our patrons who help us do what we do and every time a little bit better. So huge shout out and thank you to Alan, Miranda, Helena, Alexa, somewhere and Panda. We appreciate you and we appreciate how you help us do things. And if you are interested in joining our Patreon, which has um, uh, periodically special little goodies and also uh, Book of Shadows pages with yep. the spells and correspondences. We also have a, a Patreon-only Discord channel as well as um, for uh, one of the tiers of our Patreon, uh, we have like a monthly hangout. Yeah. So uh, yeah, if you, if you want to... Uh, do any of that energy, then check that stuff out. We're uh, patreon.com slash nerdjive. Uh, links will be wherever the hell links are and such like that. Yep. But uh, yeah, so that's like uh, whatever, like warding and banishing and like evil eye and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I learned a ton. Apotropaic magic. Apotropaic magic. Um, totally made up word. Uh, <laughs> never heard that word before. I for saw that and was like, really? There's a word for this. Ah. Okay. Fake news. I don't believe it. I, be I believe that somebody just made that word up four years ago. Lies. Yeah. Lies and blaspheming. Uh, but uh, yeah. So either way, I have been John Norgrove. This has been Julie Norgrove. This has been The Horn. And Cauldron Podcast. Podcast. And we will catch you guys next time for more magically informative goodness and sidetracks. Because that's all I'm bringing is sidetracks. So we will catch you guys later. Stay magical, folks. Yeah. And don't forget, breathe in self-confidence and breathe out self-doubt.